Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Stocks for Beginners. Hi, and welcome back to Stocks for Beginners. I'm Phil Muscatello. I had the honour and pleasure of recently appearing on another podcast, Beer in Front, hosted by the redoubtable Dave Zalatoris. We talked a little bit about me, some basics about investing for beginners, and discussed a couple of local beers here in Sydney. There's nothing like a classic Euro lager to turn your attention to stocks and investing for the future. Welcome back to Beer in Front. I'm very happy to have on Phil Muscatello from Australia. Phil is the host of two different podcasts, Stocks for Beginners and Shares for Beginners. Phil, how are you? Well, I guess it's morning your time, afternoon my time. How are you today? Oh, I'm really well. Morning and uh, a little bit wintering here, and it's um, such a pleasure to be on such a an esteemed podcast with a renowned beer connoisseur like yourself to discuss the brown lemonade. Oh yes, very good. And I'll I'll send you a check for saying such nice words about me. <laughs> That's okay. No worries. You you gave me that script. I, I was just reading yeah. that out of <laughs> So for people that aren't familiar with you, can you tell something about yourself? How did you get involved in investing and podcasting? Mm, well, um, basically, I'm from a media production and radio background. I've spent my whole life in radio, and it seemed to be podcasting was the um, it was a natural thing to move into. And um, so I was trying out all sorts of different podcasting ideas. Um, I've also been an in- investor. I've invested very poorly with suboptimal returns for many years. And it just came into my brain one day, you know, some of the best ideas just sort of flash into your brain for no reason at all. And I thought, shares for beginners, uh, which is what we call stocks here in Australia. And um, so I started doing it and I I thought, well, I might use this as a learning experience so I can learn to become a better investor myself, as well as talking to some experts in the field and uh, make a podcast out of it. And um, I was very surprised and delighted about how quickly it uh, took off. So um, I decided to give it a go in America as well with um, stocks for beginners. And it's um, it's getting a fantastic response there as well. So uh, maybe my laconic Aussie charm <laughs> works well over there. <laughs> now, our, you said the Stocks for Beginners is more suited for America. Is That's that correct. podcast available everywhere? Spotify, Apple? Spotify, Apple. Major players? Yep, yep, yep. It gets uh, propagated through all the major players as well. Uh, it's basically the same idea. It's got exactly the same format. The music, which um, I composed with a friend of mine, and we played it, so we don't have any, have any copyright issues, which it was really nice thing to do. And um, uh, lots, of, I just get guests from the United States, and um, uh, it's just astonishing the 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 kind of level of people that I've been able to get onto the podcast and the quality who are so generous in being able to share their their knowledge and talk to beginners because that's what I'm trying to do is to take all the jargon, get rid of all the jargon, explain all the jargon out and um, talk about investing in a way that someone who's just that morning woken up and said, I better get my act together and do something about investing um, to be able to have some useful information and um, broad guidelines, broad principles that they can proceed with. Like myself, I'm not 
a huge investor. I would consider myself a novice. Mm -hmm. What advice would you give like to someone like me or to like someone out there who's never invested before? Is there any advice you could give people like myself and others? Um, Don't rush into anything. I think uh, the stock market is littered with the bodies of people who've gone in thinking that, uh, yeah, I can do this. I can make lots of money. And um, they've just been just slammed against the wall, really. Um, What I'd suggest is what you've got to do, the the, the main thing you've got to do is, well, there's a couple of things, if I can talk briefly about this. Do you know what an ETF is, Dave? No, what's that? Okay, this is is the thing. I mean, even three years ago before I started the podcast, I didn't know what an ETF is. It's an exchange-traded fund. Basically, it's it's a, a product that gives you instant diversification at very low cost. You can buy a single... ETF. The simplest ETF is one that you can buy. Uh, for example, there's an S&P 500 ETF. Mm-hmm. So it's basically buying, um, when you buy one unit of the of, uh, an ETF that invests in the S&P 500, you're buying all of those 500 stocks. So okay. you get instant diversification and you're just kind of getting an average market return. So I think for anyone starting, they need to have a look at ETFs and how they can be used in your portfolio. And the second thing is to really understand yourself as an investor. I, I talk to so many people and they all they want to know is, what stock should I buy? You know, what's going to be the next GameStop? What's going to be the next um, Hertz that's going to take off? Whatever. You can hear when I'm talking to them, you can see their shoulders slumping when you tell them the reality is, is there's no shortcuts. You've got to be in there for the long term. You've got to compound your returns. You've got to be really patient for a time horizon of 10, 20, 30 years, depending on on your age group. And um, having an ETF is a big part of that as part of your core portfolio. Like here in America, it seems like all you hear about is cryptocurrency. Mm-hmm. What are your feelings on that? Is this something that like a novice should add to their portfolio or should we just stay away from it? No, sure. I, I, I would encourage people to in, um, to invest in crypto, but only as a, per, a percentage of their portfolio. The portfolio sizing is something that you really need to be careful with. You know, you, you put the majority of your portfolio into uh, even treasury bonds. I know they're, they're boring and they're not returning anything, but they're not going to go down in case of any... Yeah increased market volatility. But then there's the S&P 500 ETFs, the NASDAQ ETFs, um, a whole range of ETFs which can give you some something solid. It's really on the margins that you should be playing around with things like crypto or individual stocks. See, this is, this is the other thing as well. You've got to understand who you are as an investor because when you people who get burnt, it's because they haven't thought about themselves and they don't know who they are as an investor. And um, if you're not interested in learning, it's like learning another language to be a good investor. If you're going to be going into individual stocks or sectors or crypto, you've got to train yourself. You know, you, you're not going to learn another language in a month. It's going to take you years to become proficient at that language. And it's exactly the same with investing. So are you the kind of person that's going to put in that time and effort to become a good investor and um, to learn how to do, learn that new language? Or are you just happier just to put it into passive ETF style products, you know, play golf, drink beer, whatever else you might be interested yeah. in? <laughs> Would this matter? Like, you know, myself, I'm in my mid fifties. Mm-hmm. Would Should I be more conservative or should I take more risks considering... I maybe have 10 more years to retirement. 
Um, I think you, you've got to adjust your risk according to your age group. Um, now, this is one of my guests. Now, if, I'm just trying to remember the rule is you should subtract your age from 100, and that is the percentage of your portfolio that should be in really safe, defensive assets like okay. tre- treasury bonds. And um, the closer you get to retirement age, the more and more you put that into into those because okay. you don't have time you know, to, to sit out the, the market ups and downs and the volatility when you, you don't want to be selling off and having to worry about all the, the the value of your portfolio going down when we get the next crisis, you know, when the stocks will go down 10, 20, 30, 40%, which they inevitably will. Yeah, sooner or later they're going mm. to. Sooner or later, now, that's right. You mentioned before people are looking for the next surefire big thing. Mm-hmm. Do you see anything out there, whether it's a stock or whether it's, you know, the crypto, is there something on the horizon that has the potential to be the next big thing? Um, well, again, I will defer to my expert guests. I'm not an expert stock picker. And um, part of the my idea behind doing these podcasts is I wa- didn't want to do any stock picking because mm-hmm. um, I want to give people general principles, give people idea about ha- um, the terminology and the jargon. However, people love individual stock tips. So I've instituted a new uh, segment on the podcast called Weekend Watchlist, where I get one of my guests to talk about an individual stock, not as a way, not as a recommendation to buy, but a way to get an idea about a stock, hear how experts discuss and uh, approach the valuation of a stock. And a recent guest, a recent guest, um, Casey Stubbs from Trading Strategy Guides, talked about Chewy. And um, this is a pet product um, company. Oh, and there's chewy boxes on my doorstep. <laughs> okay, of course, weeks, we met yeah. Moira. We met Moira. Yeah. And um, he sees this as a, a great uh, growth story just in terms of the, I mean, I don't tell you how much money you must be spending on your pet. And yeah. <laughs> uh, people, people don't seem to um, uh, try and save money on their pet products. They want to look after their pets in the best way possible. So um, I, I was looking at the chart and I can't remember the exact figures, but I think it had been as high as a hundred dollars, but now it's around the 40 to $50 range. And um, maybe put it on your watch list, have a look at it. If it gets down below 40, $30, you know, perhaps it's something that you should be considering. Okay, very good. I appreciate that. Without a recommendation to buy. <laughs> yes. Everyone do your own research first. That's right. Yes, yeah. exactly. Thank you. You should have your own finance podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Moira, there she was just shaking. When we spoke a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. we were talking about beer. You mentioned yes. a brewery near you called mm-hmm. White Bay. Yes, and I think correct. you have one there that you want to discuss. That's right. Well, that's not too much to discuss because um, it's a union lager. Now, okay. it's I understand with the craft uh, brewing industry and craft brewing people, it's all about the big IPAs, you know. But I'm not yes. a big fan of those big IPAs. I like one or two occasionally, but this is a traditional German style lager, and they use German hops, they use German malt, and they've. Um, and I went down to the brewery to discuss it with them to try and get some more information. And I never, never realized that with European lagers that there were kind of subcategories. And this is the German kind of lager. And it's distinctly different to your Heineken's or Carlsberg's, according to the, the brewery people down there. So I'm not sure about that. And with Heineken as well, I've never... There, there was a night 
more many years ago in Amsterdam where I had way too much Heineken and I've never been able to touch Heineken since. There's just something about the <laughs> the aroma, that special aroma of Heineken that just brings back that night too vividly Gives you the for shakes, me. Yes. <laughs> now that White Bay Brewery, I mm-hmm. was looking at th- that looks like a terrific place. They have they have a sour that looked really good. I think mm-hmm. it was a mm-hmm. strawberry rhubarb, if I remember mm-hmm. correctly. They have a yep. couple of porters. Do you know, do they distribute worldwide or is that just a no, local Sydney it's local, brewery? Yeah, it's local only, okay. Sydney, well, Australia-wide brewery. It's a, it's a very small and they want to keep it um, pretty much Australian. Um, so in this local area, I work in. Um, I live and work in this area called Balmain, which is a traditional working class suburb very close to the um, uh, the CBD of Sydney. And um, so the, there's always this thing about keeping the working class roots. And this brewery is in an old um, steel mill, in, in fact. Okay. And that whole area now is going to be gentrified and um, the brewery itself is going to be putting in a pizza oven and um, a large area, family, dog-friendly place where locals can gather. Um, they're already being inundated with corporate inquiries about doing Christmas parties, which they're trying to put at bay because they don't want a local turning up on a Friday afternoon for a beer and being turned away because they've got a, you know, they've got a uh, Accenture or one of the big accounting firms having their Christmas mm-hmm. party there. And the whole area as well, there's going to, there's a coffee roaster next door. There's going to be restaurants, high-end, um, uh, high-end offices going in. Um, but the motorcycle workshops are going to stay there, which is really nice. <laughs> oh, cool. Mm. Now I see you have another Another yes. uh, brewery there, another beer there. Okay, so this is a another brewery in an, another suburb a few kilometres away called um, Young Henry's. They've got a hoppy porter called Motorcycle Oil, which I thought I'd give it a try um, because here we're going into winter here in Australia. Now, I hate using the term winter when I'm talking to someone from Chicago yeah. because it, it doesn't have the same meaning in Sydney. I think it's a bit like the jokes about uh, people in Florida getting their thermal underwear out <laughs> when the temperature goes below 70. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, we don't really have winter like you guys know winter, but I thought I'd give this one a try. I think a hoppy porter would be a nice thing to try sometimes on a cold winter's evening. And the name of that, you said, was what, Young Henry's? Young Henry's, that's correct. And, and are, um, is that another one? It's just local, they don't distribute, so... I wouldn't be able to find that here in the States. Um, I'm not sure if you would be able to. They might um, because they're a bit bigger than um, White Bay and they've been around a, a lot longer and they, they distribute via the majors, um, whereas uh, Union Lager. <laughs> Hello, Maura. Uh, yeah, she's, uh, she's interested in the beer too. Yeah, Union Lager tends to be very much a local beer, but Young Henry's is a bit, uh, bit higher up on the scale, so possibly would be available over there as well. I should have checked I that have out. I'll check it yeah. out and I'll... Definitely include both of them in the show notes so mm-hmm. people, when you're done listening, if you want to investigate or if you're taking a trip, you know what breweries to hit. Well, that's right. With the, um, with the Union Lager with uh, White Bay, they want to set themselves up because it's the nearest brewery to the, the big international hotels in Sydney and they want to make it part of the, the experience of someone who is visiting Sydney when we can take visitors yeah. <laughs> again, obviously that um, this would be somewhere that they can get to very quickly, enjoy nice food, nice pizzas, nice beers, nice coffee in um, a very traditional part of Sydney. Excellent. Mm. Well, Phil, I do thank you so much for your time. I know you're 
just waking up there, so it's probably time for coffee instead of beer. Oh, I've been up, for, pre- been up for a couple of hours, and uh, okay. I'd, I'd like to be joined. I, I haven't yeah. opened this beer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, once again, this is Phil Muscatello. He has two podcasts out, Stocks for Beginners and Shares for Beginners. Where else can people find you at, Phil? Basically, Twitter is the best place. Um, okay. I tend to lurk there quite a bit because I do enjoy the uh, the rough and tumble of Twitter. <laughs> it seems to be uh, much more fun, much more less po faced than some of the other the places. My my handle there is Phil underscore Muscatello, so it's easy to find. All right, and I'll be sure to include that in the show notes as well, so people can follow Phil. Well, Phil, I do appreciate it again. Thank you so much for coming on, and we'll see you down the road, sir. Thank you very much, Dave. I've really enjoyed speaking with you. Thank you so much for having me on. Stocks for Beginners is for information and educational purposes only. It isn't financial advice and you shouldn't buy or sell any investments based on what you've heard here. Any opinion or commentary is the view of the speaker only, not Stocks for Beginners. This podcast doesn't replace professional advice regarding your personal financial needs, circumstances or current situation. And thank you for listening to my podcast. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.